Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. I'm back in the Dent Smart of New York World Headquarters, my office, sitting here with my trusty sidekick, Ollie. And I've got kind of a treat for you this week. This week, I'm going to introduce you to a concept that was first taught to me back in the very beginning of my warrior journey by Coach Sam Falsafi. If you do not know Coach Sam, I highly recommend you track him down on Instagram. The man is a living inspiration. He's a ball of fire, and uh, he's got a lot of great content. So uh, anyways, the name of this episode is entitled The Man on the Island. So for now, sit back and relax, and welcome to today's episode. back everybody and happy Monday. Hope everybody's getting their week kicked off on the right note on their way to absolutely crushing your targets. So as I said, I'm sitting here in the office. I'm just kind of getting back into the swing of things because last week I was gone and um, it was uh, it was a good week. It was a very good week. Lots of trainings, lots of meetings, um, culminating on Saturday with uh unbelievable banquet. We had all the techs in from all around the country and had their families there. Um, and it was everything that I expected it to be and, uh, gave away some awards. Uh, some of the guys from my New York team, uh, actually got some awards. I want to congratulate Dan Stance and, uh, Patrick Coughlin because they achieved their master plus certification. They got their green jackets and actually Gary Miller too. Gary Miller is, uh, Man, he's been with me since the very beginning. He's one of the best technicians in the business out of Pennsylvania. And uh, unfortunately, Gary couldn't make it, but I actually have his jacket right behind me. I got to get that in the mail to him along with his plaque. Um, Jeremy Champney got his uh, his certification, so he became certified. Um, as you all know, he hasn't been with us too long, so he's still on his, his journey, and he's learning, and he's training. Um, so it was a big first step for him to get his certification. So I'm really proud of the kid. I really am. He's got a lot going on uh, in his personal life right now with some um, some family members that are having some health issues and whatnot. And he is busting his ass. He's working down in the Volkswagen plant and he's just, he's doing the work. He's doing the work and he's, um, you know, he's, he's going to pull through and uh, I'm proud of the kid. So I'm happy that he was able to get his, his certification. Um, and uh, who else? Well, we had Aiden and Joel out there. So this was, these are my two trainees. So this was their first opportunity to really, um, you know, get out there and see what DentSmart's all about, right? Because there's a ton of companies out there that do the hail damage re repair, but really um, you're never going to find a, a company like DentSmart. You just aren't. You aren't going to find a company that has the culture. I've said it time and time again, and in a business where it's all about lone wolf mentality, it's all about what you, what have you done for me lately, um, 
you know, not a lot of loyalty in this business. Everybody is out for themselves. And then, bam, then a company like Dentsmart comes along where the technicians, um, the, the culture, the team atmosphere, it's like nothing that you've ever seen. If you're a body shop owner um, and you've, you've dealt with, uh, you know, other PDR companies, um, you know, the, the one thing I'm proud about is, is once a body shop usually gets exposed to Dentsmart and how we do things, uh, you very rarely see them change. You know, they become lifetime partners. Um, they become part of the family. So it was nice for uh, Aiden and Joel, and uh, they both brought their girlfriends out there, um, two very nice ladies. And it was very nice to um, be able to kind of kick back with them, let them take it all in. I think they won some tools at the tool auction too, which was kind of cool. So um, that's uh, that's it for that. I mean, it was, a, it was a good week. It was a good week. Now, some of the things that we discussed out there, we have a program called the Leadership Development Program, which is designed for technicians within our company who want to move up who want to take on more responsibility, who maybe want to move into franchise ownership someday or some sort of role outside of just fixing dents. And I've got a couple technicians out in Western New York that are really going to help me with this if they come on. Um, you know, Western New York is an area of the state that I can't get to as frequently, right? We have a lot of hail partners out there, but um, we're looking to really build and grow the area on a more consistent basis, more day-to-day dents and stuff like that. So um, that's exciting. Uh, I've got another fella in the Rochester area that I'm talking to right now about possibly coming on and working with us in a larger role as well. Two markets that are just uh, very new markets for us. And um, that's going to allow me to focus more on Syracuse and East and getting out um, and spending more time in, in Utica and Plattsburgh, uh, out in the capital region of the state, downstate, uh, Binghamton. Um, so I still got a lot of work in front of me, but it's it's kind of nice to have people stepping up and wanting to come in and help us really you know, build this brand in New York State and possibly beyond. We have neighboring states that we're um, talking about moving into eventually. So I'm gonna need this, I'm gonna need some help, quite frankly. I can't do it all myself. As many miles as I put on this truck, um, I just can't do it. I can't keep doing it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to need to find and identify some some good guys to come on and help me. And I think we are on our way to doing that. In addition, I got Chris Lesher, who's our corporate rep, um, who is helping me with corporate marketing now. So we're out. Um, this is marketing season. So we are out visiting shops every year, 200 body shops we like to meet just before hail season. Um, so we're fresh in their mind. So Chris is out starting this week. He's going to be out carrying our message around New York State, and um, I am as well. So that's a little bit about what has been going on inside of DentSmart. So I want to talk about this concept of the man on the island this week. And really the reason that I wanted to talk about it this week is because um, I had kind of a funny experience when I was out there. So I, I went out to the Lake of the Ozarks on Tuesday. And I got there Tuesday night, um, met with Greg Ratliff, who's our head of marketing for the company. And um, the next day I had to meet with um, Jonathan and Andrea, um, who oversee the marketing and a lot of the IT stuff. And over the next couple of days, we had a, a lot of good meetings um, Friday was the owner's meeting. So most of the owners came in Thursday night. Then we had a full day of meetings on Friday and then the banquet on Saturday. 
So here's the thing that I struggled with this past week, and actually for quite a while before that. Let me just kind of frame this for you first um, so you kind of know where I'm going with this. For a very long time now, really since I've been in this business, um, whether it was with Dent Wizard early on in my career, um, I spent time as a technician trainer, I spent time as a uh, technician manager, um, and then moving into Empire State Hale when I opened Empire State Hale back in 2008, um, there was, there's always been a lot of public speaking opportunities for me. With Dent Wizard, it was in front of uh, large groups of technicians, um, trainings uh, in front of insurance companies. And then as I moved into um, my career, you know, opened up Empire, um, a lot more um, trainings for insurance companies. And we've had small business associations where I had to get up in front of uh, large groups of community leaders and talk about our company, talk about what we're all about, uh, radio interviews. I mean, you name it. I've always been, even when I had my business partner, Dave, um, it was always kind of like I was the guy, I was the sales and marketing guy, right? So I was the guy that um, did a lot of the interviews and did a lot of the speeches and whatnot. And I've always kind of thrived on it. I always enjoyed it. It was one of those things that I, I didn't have to prepare very much for. It kind of came natural to me. I, I felt comfortable in front of a room. I could get up and I could kind of wing it. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible. It was just one of those things that I was uh, highly confident in, right? Back in 2014, 2015, um, if you've been along on this ride, you know that was really a time in my life where I kind of had my bell rung. And it was ever since that point, ever since going through my divorce, um, that I've had, I've started to notice anxiety settling in, especially around this area of public speaking. Never experienced it before. And it's really messed with my head, especially over the past couple of years, because this is new to me. I don't know where it's come from, other than the fact that, you know, I've studied up on it and I've read some books on it and I have an idea in my head. Um, as to why I'm dealing with it now. Um, a lot of the studying that I've done on it has kind of reaffirmed my thoughts about it. Um, when somebody has a life experience that really kind of, as I said, um, shocks their system, or they go through something heavy in their life, could be anything, you know. I mean, mine was just a divorce, really, which on the grand scheme of things wasn't as, as big a battle as a lot of people are facing. But um, anything that happens in your life that kind of shocks your system, or as I put it, rings your bell, and um, it's like a life-changing shift that you go through, sometimes some of these things kind of settle in, right? Some of these, like anxiety. That's when I first started dealing with it. Knowing that I was going to have some public speaking opportunities throughout this past week out there, I was going to have to get up uh, with my peers and other owners and talk a little bit about my area and interact and engage with them. Um, and then uh, going into Saturday, I knew there was going to be some public speaking duties where I'd have to stand up and talk about my area, that sort of thing. Uh, a couple months ago, I really started kind of, it started messing with me, right? So I'm, I'm not sleeping well. Um, it was kind of consuming my thoughts. It was always kind of on the horizon. I knew it was coming up. Um, and it was consuming my thoughts more than it really should have been, right? 
so as the days got closer, um, I was reading up on it a little bit more. I was meditating a little bit more, trying to keep myself in as positive a frame of mind as possible. Then I got out there last week. I was very diligent about what I was out there for. Um, I was diligent in the work that I was doing to keep myself in a positive frame of mind. So getting to bed early, uh, getting up in the morning and hitting the gym, um, watching what I was eating, watching what I was drinking, just retiring to the room early at night so I could have some time to myself and kind of just you know be present in the moment. Um, I did all those things throughout the week. And although I did all those things throughout the week, there I sat Friday night in my hotel room the day before really the big event, the big event and um, my stomach was like a knot. So at this point, it was turning physical. <laughs> so then I'm like, what the heck, Bob? You know, what what is going on here? So I was dealing with some stomach issues. I didn't sleep well Friday night. I got up Saturday, and I sat there in the room, and I was meditating. It was just before I was supposed to go down, and it was going to be a long day. And I started thinking about this concept that, Coach Sam actually introduced us to, and uh, Coach Garrett has talked at length about it as well. But the concept is the man on the island. And what I asked myself when I was sitting in that room was, would my man on the island, would he be sitting in this room right now having anxiety over a simple public speaking engagement? To which the answer was a resounding no. Now, you're probably wondering what the hell I'm talking about with the man on the island. So let me explain to you how it was how, it, how the man on the island was introduced to us, how this concept was introduced to us. So if you're not driving, I want you to humor me here, and I want you to take a minute. I want you to get somewhere comfortable. I want you to sit down, and I want you to just relax, take a few deep breaths, close your eyes, and kind of just picture a body of water, whatever body of water you are most comfortable around. Could be an ocean, could be on the shore of an ocean with the waves crashing in, it could be on a nice, calm, pristine lake somewhere up in the mountains. For me, uh, the body of water that I've always connected with is the St. Lawrence River. So maybe you're on the shore of the St. Lawrence, just sitting there and you're looking out over the water. And as you're sitting there, kind of relaxing, just chilling, so as you're looking out over the water and you're kind of spanning across back and forth, back and forth, you notice an island sitting way, way out in the distance. And you don't know why, but for some reason, you just feel like you're being called to this island. You've got to get out to this island. You've got to see what, what it's all about. So you look to your right. And lo and behold, sits a rowboat. So you hop in the boat and you just start rowing and rowing and rowing. And the waves are crashing. And as you're, you know, it's, it's hard work. It's not easy. But you're adamant. You need to get to this island. So you continue to just kind of row towards the island. You're getting closer and closer and closer. And as you get closer, you start to kind of make out some features of the island. You start to see the silhouettes of trees, bushes. And as you get closer, it gets more and more defined. 
And after a while, as you're just studying the island and you're rowing towards it, you notice there's a person standing on the island. You can't really make him out just yet, but you can see on the shore, staring directly at you, is a person, is a man. As you get closer, you begin to make out the features of this man. And something is telling you, I know this guy. Why do he's he's starting to look familiar as you get closer? As you get up finally to the shore and you hop out of the boat and you start to kind of pull the boat up onto the shore, you walk up to this man and he's just standing there. He's not saying anything. He's just standing there, present in the moment. Taking you in, just watching you. And as you get closer to him, you're, you realize, you're like, wait a minute. This is me. <laughs> this man is me. Older, wiser, more successful, a better version of myself. At 70 years old. Coming into the twilight of his life, you stand and you just take this man in and you're looking face to face, you're looking him in the eyes. And you stand there for what seems like an eternity and then finally the man says something. Finally he speaks and he says, I've been waiting for you. And that's it. And this concept, I remember when they taught it to us, I was blown away by it because it was just very profound, right? And the idea of the man on the island is it's the better version of ourselves. The man that we are constantly changing inside of this warrior movement, if you so choose. Not every man chooses to pursue the better version of himself. Not every man chooses to pursue the man on the island. But I can tell you, inside of this warrior movement, every single man is ruthlessly committed to hunting down this man on the island, this better version of ourselves, constantly striving, crystal clear on where we're going and who this man on the island is. And the idea of the man on the island is, to further explain it, is my version of myself today, okay, cannot do a lot of the things that my version of myself can, you know, 12 months from now is going to be able to do. As I continue to grow, as I continue to learn, there's things that I don't know today about business and family and life that I will know 12 months from now, that I will know five years from now as I continue to grow, as, as men, as we continue to grow and chase down this man on the island. So there's things that I am physically incapable of doing today that won't be a physical impossibility for me tomorrow. Does that make sense? And I look back now, two years ago, at the version of myself then. 
I look at the version of all of the men that were coming into the warrior group at the time that I was. And as men, we were broken. We were depressed. We were failing in our businesses. We were failing in our relationships, going through divorces and separations, disconnected relationships with our kids. We were struggling as fathers. We were finding out at 40 years of age that we had no idea who the hell we even were, what our purpose in life was. It was like we were starting over. It's like we finally came into this group and we realized there was a men there was a group of men around us that were sharing the same struggles, that were in the exact same spot. And we were hurting. We were failing at life. And I look back at that version of myself at that time, and I I compare him to the version of myself today, which is nowhere near where I'm going, nowhere near where I want to get in my life. But the version of me today has abilities and has knowledge that that version of myself didn't have two years ago. That version of myself two years ago did not have the discipline to get up and go to the gym every single morning. It just wasn't going to happen. At best, that version of myself might have gone a week, maybe two tops, and he would have half-assed it all the way through, and he would have told himself stories as to why he cannot continue on. That version of myself two years ago would have made excuses That version of myself would have played the victim in the entire situation revolving around my divorce. That version of myself wouldn't have had any idea on how to grow closer with his kids, how to be connected to them. Probably wouldn't have the desire to do that. Because he was still a wandering generality. He was still confused about life. He was still trying to figure out what the hell was going on with himself. That version of myself would have been clueless about how to carry on a healthy, successful, romantic relationship. I look back at that version of myself and he was still like a man-child. Somebody that had been taken care of his entire life. Somebody that had made excuses his entire life. Pointed the finger at everybody else for the failures in his life. Instead of looking in the mirror and taking responsibility for where he was. And I move ahead now to two years from that point. And like I said, I'm not anywhere near where I want to get. But I'm on that path. I am working towards the man on the island. I am moving closer to the man on the island. And that man on the island, the thing about him is you never catch him. I don't care how all four domains in your life are going. They could all be on fire. But the one point that Garrett and Coach Sam make is there's always going to be a better version of you. So even when you get to that point where you feel like everything is great, That's why we have to continue resetting every single year and laying out new targets so we don't get complacent because we always want to pursue that man on the island. 
So I sat there, getting back to the story, I sat there in the room. And this has become such a driving force for me in my life these days. This whole idea, this concept of the man on the island, it keeps us accountable. And I sat there in that room and I asked myself, the version of you 12 months from now, the man on the island, would he be sitting here right now dealing with the anxiety and dealing with the stress around a simple speaking engagement? I mean, it wasn't even anything crazy. It was just participating in a larger event. And again, the answer was a resounding no. Now, am I there today? No. But I guarantee you, I will get there because it's been identified in the domain of being. It's been identified as a target that I need to achieve. I need to deal with the anxiety and I need to move on from it. I need to overcome it and I need to move on. And the only way that I'm going to be able to do that is by being diligent, is by being adamant about my targets, very specific about the targets. My targets, some of my targets that I've laid out, first and foremost, is to get involved with a local public speaking group, to relearn and to get comfortable again with public speaking. More meditation in the area of anxiety. Continuing to make healthier lifestyle decisions, healthier choices to keep myself in a positive frame of mind. Further reading and studying in this area, on this topic. Positive affirmations. They work, people. Positive affirmations. More diligent with with making sure that the self-talk, the things that I am telling myself are more positive than negative. Because it's easy to do, right? As humans, it's easy to start talking down to ourselves. Sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. So to be more focused in this area, in the area of positive affirmations and talking myself up, better sleep and possible therapy. These are all things that I've identified as targets that are gonna help me to get closer to that version of myself that no longer struggles with public speaking. And I know that I'm not unique in this. Public speaking is not easy. They say 65% of the population has a fear of public speaking. So it's, it's not something, it's not easy to do, right? So those are my targets moving forward in 2020. One of my targets inside the domain of being that I have identified that overall is going to help move this domain forward. I remember some of the video calls that we would do with Garrett. Some of them were in his office. And so we're sitting online and we see Garrett on the screen and and Garrett's talking us through some trainings. And he had this painting behind him in his office. And the painting was his man on the island, his own version. Conceptually, what he thought of 
when he was thinking of his man on the island. And it was him at 70 years old. So he was, it looked just like him, but he was aged. He had the gray hair. He was dressed in the typical warrior garb, you know, the black suit and the black tie. And he's just sitting there confident, successful, as he put it, his billionaire version of himself. And that's what he would get up and he would look at every day. That was his man on the island that he was fighting to get to. Talk about clarity. Right? Talk about holding yourself accountable. Getting up every single morning and staring at your man on the island in the eyes. So what are some obstacles that keep us from getting to our man on the island? Negative thoughts, self-doubt, insecurities, relational conflict, addictions, depression, victimhood mentality. What about negative people? Just people in your life that you've identified that are holding you back. These are all obstacles holding you back and keeping you from getting to the better version of yourself. One of the stories that they used to kind of further explain this to us was they were they had us visualize as we were rowing out to our island, right? And the way Coach Sam explained it was he's like, you're just, you're rowing and rowing and rowing as hard as you can possibly row. And you see the island and you see that better version of yourself standing there just watching, waiting, calling you over. And no matter how hard you row, you just can't get there. You don't seem to be advancing. So you're like, what the hell? What's going on here? I'm fighting as hard as I can. So he tells us to turn around and look in the back of the boat. And sure enough, we have passengers. <laughs> we have passengers in the boat in the form of all these thoughts, these self-deprecating thoughts that I was just talking about, the negative thoughts, the self-doubt, insecurities, addictions, all the stuff I just mentioned in the form of passengers in your boat. Maybe it's the negative people in your life that are in that boat. And the funny thing about these people is they are not rowing in the same direction as you are. They're rowing the opposite direction. They don't want you to advance. They don't want you to expand. They, they want you to stay here with them in mediocrity where it's comfortable, right? All of these thoughts, all of these characteristics make up the prototypical nice guy. The nice guy that I've talked about in the past on this podcast is anything but nice. The nice guy is the version of ourselves deep down that doesn't live for what we truly believe, does not speak truth in the marketplace, does not speak truth into their family, does not speak truth to themselves because they want to be liked, they want to be accepted, they fear rejection. So instead, they lie. They lie to everybody, including themselves. They put on a front. They're fake. And they just get through life as a wandering generality, being whatever anybody around them wants them to be. And the problem is, because of this, they don't truly live for themselves. That is our nice guy. So as you look back in the boat, 
There's your nice guy freaking paddling the other way. He's saying, no, you can't go. Stay here with me. This is where it's safe, right? These are all obstacles that keep us from getting there. Keep us from getting to where we want to go in life. Pretty profound concept, right? So this has become, like I said, aside from God and my family, this has become really such a driving force in my life, the man on the island. It's become such a big concept to me. I'm actually, two weeks from now, I'm starting up. put it this way, I've had these tattoos on my arms for probably 25 years now that were terrible ideas. Well, I take that back. The one wasn't a terrible idea. The one was a tribute to my mother who passed away, and it says it's just like an old tribal. Remember when tribals were cool? Somebody please tell me tribals were cool at one time because I had these this tribal on my left arm and it says like mom inside it and it's got her date of birth and her date of death and I've had it for 25 years, right? So it's getting old, it's fading. And then on the other arm, I actually had a buddy of mine who was practicing to become a tattoo artist. <laughs> so he put this massive monstrosity on my arm, this just totally cheesy kind of tribal that was cool at the time and that's starting to fade now too it's just I've been toying with the idea of covering them up for a long time but I'm very particular about it I don't want to make the same mistake again so I've I've for two years now I've just put ideas into my journal and I've kept them all together and it's built and built and built how I've continued to kind of evolve in this group and new ideas have started to come to me um, it's kind of started to come together recently. And in two weeks, I'm going to start the piece on my arm. And the, and the piece is the focal point of the piece on my arm. This sleeve that's going to cover my entire arm is the warrior, is the man on the island. Garrett's version is the guy, 70 years old, that's got the nice $2,000 suit on with the black tie. My version of the man on the island is the, the, the battle-hardened warrior from medieval times. That's just the idea I have in my head. The big gnarly beard. He's got the armor on his head so you can only see his eyes. And it's going to kind of resemble my eyes, how I would look possibly at 70 years old. And the concept is this man on the island, this warrior, is sitting on this cliff and he's looking down over the battlefield of life. And he's reflecting and he's pondering just how he did as a man, how he did as a father, how he did as a husband, as a businessman. He's kind of just running himself through the gauntlet and he's just kind of thinking about his life. As he's moving towards the twilight of his life, how did I do as a man? And in the background behind him are his two children and they're just sitting there. They're just observing. They're watching their father in meditation, just studying, learning, I've submitted two pictures of Bobby and Dylan from when they were three to four years old. I don't know. I look at pictures of my kids when they were three and four. Those ages just really pull on the heartstrings. So I found two pictures of them. They're going to be in the background of the piece. On the other side of the warrior in the background is the wolf. And if you've listened to some of my past episodes, you know that I'm, I'm infatuated with the wolf. More specifically, though, the story that 
some of you may have heard. And what the story is about, it's this this old Indian elder, right? And he's sitting there and he's just talking with his grandson. And he's talking to him about the concept of the two wolves. One is the good wolf. One is the evil wolf. And the idea of the story is that Every man has this internal conflict going on deep down inside of them. The battle between good and evil. The good wolf, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the positivity, confidence, hope, empathy, understanding, truth, forgiveness. Versus the evil wolf, fear, anger, jealousy, regret. Arrogance, self-pity, victimhood mentality, addiction, ego. And we as men constantly have this battle going on inside of us. We desire to be just good human beings, but we have this inner struggle. I would argue that all humans have this, right? It's not just guys, but as you know, this podcast pertains to men. My Most of my listeners are men. So as men, this is a battle that we face, the battle between good and evil. And at the end of the story, the grandson asks the grandfather, Grandpa, which wolf wins? And he says, it's the wolf that you feed. So you feed the evil wolf or you feed the positive good wolf? You choose. Which one are you going to feed? And it's been such a profound concept to me that it's going to be in the peace because as I visualize this peace, you've got the warrior who's sitting there pondering how he did as a father. He's got his two children on one side sitting there observing, and then he's got the wolf, which is always going to be there. And it signifies the inner struggle that we as men are always going to be dealing with. So that's my man on the island. That is the man that I am working towards. You know, another concept that we talk about inside of Warrior, along with this this nice guy, is the idea of the dark warrior, right? The dark warrior is our true self. The dark warrior is the version of ourself deep down that we hide from everybody. And he just wants, he wants to come out. He wants us to live our true life in truth. He wants us to be ourselves. He doesn't, the the dark warrior doesn't give a shit about being liked. The dark warrior only cares about living a life on fire and of service to his family and to his loved ones, and he's crystal clear about where he's going in business, where he's going in his body, in his being, in his balance, crystal clear. And he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. It's our version of ourself living for ourselves and being absolutely 100% true to ourselves and expanding in our life. That's the dark warrior. However, he's constantly getting beat down by our nice guy version. He's constantly being held down. So it's a daily battle we talk about inside of our warrior group. Constantly, we talk about kicking the nice guy. Kicking the nice guy every chance we can. Because if you don't make absolute certain that he is dead, 
He's constantly going to creep back into our lives, right? As warriors in this group, we are moving towards the dark warrior mentality as opposed to the nice guy mentality. And as men, it's what we should all focus on. Not living our lives for somebody else, not trying to be fake, not trying to be something we're not, but living in truth and being happy with ourselves, who we are, who God created us to be. So back to the story last week in the hotel room. If I learned anything from that experience, it's that I still have work to do. I am not where I need to be. And I'm going to continue doing the work. I've laid my targets out. I'm crystal clear on what I need to do to tackle this issue inside of my life. So my challenge to you, my listeners, this week is to get crystal clear on your man on the island. Take some time. Meditate on it. Journal. What does he look like? What is your man on the island all about? The man that you are striving to become. I don't care if you're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. There is a better version of ourselves out there on the horizon waiting for us. So in all four domains of your life, body, being, balance, and business, where is your man on the island? Is he successful? Is he healthy? Is he surrounded by loved ones and family? Is he connected with his family? You need to get crystal clear on your man on the island and where you are going in life. And lay it out in all four domains. And once you have that clarity, you can lay your targets out around that. And every year, you should be reevaluating. Did you advance or did you regress? So, anyways, ran long this week. Check me out, The Robert Argyle at Instagram. Robert E. Argyle is my Facebook business page. I'd appreciate it if you could find me on there and like me. Or don't like me, right? Or don't like me. I don't give a shit if you like me or not. (laughs) See, that was my nice guy coming out right there. My nice guy is asking you to click on my Facebook page. I'm going to make an exception this one time. Because I'm trying to build my Facebook page. But anyways, if you uh, if you get something out of it, find me on there and like the page. Also, if you could leave me a review because reviews really help my rankings. If you connect with this message or if you know somebody that would connect with this message, I'd ask that you simply share it up to them. And that's it for this week. Don't forget to check out wakeupwarrior.com if you're a man looking for accountability and connection in your life. If you're looking for some support around you, check it out. Garrett White is the real deal. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, peace. Peace.